What up, y'all? I am A.M. Dadabo of amdadabo.com, and this is Fantasy Rants. I hope you all are ready for some daggum nerd talk, because today I'm going to be talking about Dragonlance, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, which that book is the reason I love fantasy fiction to this day. They're actually the ones, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the authors, they're the ones who inspired me to write myself. Then afterwards, we're going to take a quick break and finish up with some Dungeons and Dragons character creation, because my buddy, he's got a campaign kind of rolling and gearing up and planning for us and meaning possibly my wife one of my brothers and maybe even a couple other friends are actually going to play this Dungeons and Dragons campaign through a virtual campaign program called Fantasy Grounds. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's really freaking dope. I'd love it. So it's like the fact that I'm 1100 miles away from all these guys is not going to matter. It's going to be dope. Anyways, I hope you guys are ready for this little bit of nerd ranting, some fantasy ranting. So buckle up and let's get going. First off, Dragonlance. What I want to do just because it's kind of beginning and because this book has such an emotional tie to me that I just want to go over some of the characters. We'll go over the main characters and what I like about them or dislike about them and why I love them or dislike like them dislove them i guess i kind of already said it twice but whatever but diving into it if you guys haven't bought this book first off or read this book it's like it's been out for 30 years it's it's amazing you really need to also there's probably going to be some spoilers because i am going to talk about them i'm going to talk about this so if you don't like that then dudes just go and buy the daggum book and come back and listen to this all right anyways delving on I love this book because Margot Weiss and Tracy Hickman in the 80s were working for TSR and I think they were actually working on game development for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and they literally with a group of friends played a campaign and from that campaign came this book. So it was really dope. To me, Dragonlance and Dungeons and Dragons have always been just hand in hand and that's why I think a lot of fantasy fiction books like you all know there's always that core group of people. I always feel like it was, oh did these guys play Dungeons and Dragons? Did they did they play campaign because that's what i did i honestly with my book too when i wrote it in my uh my follow-on books that's what i'm doing now anyways so that's pretty dope all right anyways sorry already ranting let's just jump into the characters i'm gonna go from top to bottom in the front of the book dragon lance or dragons of autumn twilight they have a quick hero description page i guess so first off is tannis half elven he's the leader of the companions a skilled fighter who detests fighting he is tormented by love for two women the tempestuous swordswoman kitiara and the enchanting elf maiden Lorana. Now y'all can even call me out and say, hey, you didn't say that right if you want, it's fine. Email me at fantasyrants at email.com and tell me, I don't care. I'm trying my best, all right guys, leave me alone. Anyways, I love Tannis because several reasons. Number one, he's one of the first characters you're introduced and he's all like, you just see a natural light or a good in him. And I really like that. Right off the bat, see his tormented soul because he's an outcast from his people, both the elves and the human. He's, he's the bastard, you know, he doesn't belong. And that's what he feels like. I feel like a lot of us or most of us have that feeling sometimes in our life that we're like the outcast or the, the black sheep or something and we don't belong. And it's like, I feel like we can really truly identify with Tannis Half-Elfin. He's very likable and identifiable. And so right off the bat, he's awesome. Secondly, it's like, it's a, it's a little weird. I know it's stupid, it's silly but he's got a really awesome red auburn beard. And when I was growing up reading it, I didn't have a beard, but I did get a beard. I have a beard now, but I always felt like his hair matched my hair. And I don't know, but it's like, I like that because I was a kid and he was one of my heroes. I looked up to him. 
but that was another reason why I liked him. Next was he had a lot of problems. He had a lot of issues and he was able to overcome them. He had a lot of self-doubt. He's like, why am I the leader? People just look to him to lead these companions. And they were like, but why am I? Because he was always questioning and tormented, like it said, between the two loves, one of a human, one of a one of an elf, uh, elf made. And I don't know, throughout the, the, the Dragonlance Chronicles, it, it, like he struggled through a lot, man. And the cool thing is he overcame it and he chose the path that will actually fit most for him. And I would like to say even the more righteous or goodly path in the end. So it was really awesome because it was like he, he overcame it. He understood and identified that he had these issues, but he, he worked through and he did it so i thought that was really dope and i loved it and honestly it kind of gives me a little hope and during the time like i said when i was really sick hospitalized reading these things it gave me hope then because i think he was the one i identified most with or wanted to be like just because he, even though he was this bastard uh, half elf like he was noble his actions were noble he lived honorably like yeah he had mess ups who doesn't we're all humans right but he overcame them he fixed them you know he did his best i thought that was just really awesome so another one was in the beginning near the front like they're having some fights with his goblins and he had his long sword and his bow and arrow and he pulled his bow and arrow because they were escaping and he missed some goblins i was like hold on he's an elf how the how's he missing because we all know legolas is like headshot 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 from a mile and a half away you're like wait what how'd that even happen but he's an elf so it makes sense so when tannis missed i was like okay okay now this is gonna be dope like what is going on i love this so I just loved it. He was dope. I don't know if I already said it. It probably did. You guys can already tell though. He was one of my favorite characters. Alright, reading from top to bottom, next is Stern Brightblade. Knight of Salamnia. Once revered in the days before the Cataclysm, the knights have since fallen into disgrace. Sturm's goal, more important to him than life itself, is to restore the honor of the knighthood. Now, Sturm Brightblade, like, I gotta give him props because he, he has his honor and he sticks to it. I mean, est solaris othmithas. Yes, that's how big of a nerd I am. I remember their Knights of Salamnia code and it's my honor is my life, right? So, I gotta give it to him because he's very honorable, but to me, he was a little too rich. Like he was like brittle iron. He wouldn't bend, not even an inch. He would just snap. And I felt like he was a little too snappish towards the companions. He was a little too mistrusting. He was a little holier than thou-esque. You know, like it, it, I didn't like him very much. It was, he bothered me, but uh, he was pretty good as a decent warrior, but he had his own deep, dark secrets and demons that he was facing every day. And, you know, he worked through them. And honestly, in Dragons of Winter Night, the second book of the Chronicles, he was so much better. Like he loosened up a little bit. He didn't lose sight of his goals or, or he didn't lose sight of his, his morals or his code or anything. But for some reason, he, he was a little more relaxed, a little more at peace. And he was so much cooler better in that one and i mean his ending guys like i said if you haven't read it you need to go out and read it but there's gonna be spoilers jump 30 seconds ahead his death totally redeemed him in my eyes but that's not until the second book and he was he was it was dope and the way he did it was amazing but that was the second book talking about the first book all right next i'm going to read gold moon and riverwind together gold moon's the chieftain's daughter she's the bearer of the blue crystal staff her love for a tribal outcast riverwind leads them both on a dangerous quest in search of the truth riverwind he's the grandson of the wanderer he was given the blue crystal staff in a city where death flew on black wings he barely escaped with his life and that was only the beginning. Now these two, they're very 
pivotal and integral to the story, but they were always like lesser characters in my eyes, in my opinion. They weren't ones I actually truly cared about. I mean, they were both really cool in a sense. I mean, Goldmoon literally brought up the resurrection essentially of the religion in the world of Kryn. Like she was the first cleric of good uh, from the good gods in 300 years since the cataclysm. And Riverwind, he, he went on for years for his love for this gal. And that was pretty much his fuel to find a sign of the old gods. And he did it. He came back and found it. But during these books, he's so racist against other people. Like he doesn't like Tannis because he's a half elf for at least the first half, you know? And he just didn't trust people who weren't human. He didn't like Flint or Tasselhoff, who we'll talk about later. But it's like, he was a little too black and white in my opinion. I couldn't stand that. I don't really like black and white statements or absolutes. You know, I'm not a Sith Lord. Only I, only Sith deal in absolutes. Which is funny because that in itself is an absolute, you know? You know what I mean? Like, oh, only Sith deals in absolutes. It's like, okay, you just said an absolute. Are you a Sith? I don't know. Anyways, me and my wife discussed that a lot. What was I saying? Oh yeah. Anyways, Goldmoon, she was also kind of cool, but she was kind of, I don't know. Like I said, both her and Riverwind weren't my favorite, but they were pivotal. Goldmoon was kind of snooty. You know, she was the chieftain's daughter, so she was a princess. She got way, way cooler once they got back from Zok to Sarath. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Anyways, once again, you guys can always call me out and correct me. But once she became a, a cleric, she became a whole lot cooler. And I liked her. And so did Riverwind, I guess. After after that city, they became better. But once again, they kind of felt like they were like a background characters. And I didn't have too much buy-in for them. Next is Raistolin. He's Karaman's twin brother. He's a magic user. Though his health is shattered, Raistolin possesses great powers beyond his young age, but dark mysteries are concealed behind his strange, strange eyes. So Raistolin, up front, always, from the beginning, as soon as I read him, was one of my favorites. He's got gold skin. His skin turned gold, right? And his eyes, his irises became gold as well. They turned gold in his pupils instead of circle pupils. He had hourglass-shaped pupils. And he was a magic user. He's a wizard. And in Dragonlance, there's three types of wizards. There's wizards of white robes, which are good, good wizards. Wizards of the red robes, which are neutral. And wizards of the black robes, which are evil. Raceland was a red robed wizard in, in this book. But I loved him because he was always whispering, snapping, snashing, lashing. You know, it's like, whoa, what's wrong with this dude? So I guess he really intrigued me. Plus, magic is probably my all-time favorite thing about fantasy fiction. So the fact that he was a magic user was a huge plus in my opinion. And so I was enamored by him. Plus I was like, what's up with his skin? What's up with his eyes? Like what is going on? And you find out later, and like I said, you should really go pick up the books if you haven't read them. But he was very powerful. Even even in the beginning books, it's like, oh, cool. He's a cool magic user. But he also used his magic in a very unique way. Like, because he wasn't the most powerful. He wasn't an archmage or anything like that. But he was strong. He had power. But then he used his power to assist the companions in different ways. Rather than just being like, oh, let's blast everybody. I don't know. Maybe not. But... You guys can argue against me, like I said. I'll always invite argument. Not in a mean way. More of a, hey, let's debate and discuss. But anyways, okay. It also, it was pretty dope because, like, he was over overcome with sickness, coughing. Like, his, his coughing would make his lungs and throat bleed. Like, he would cough blood all the time. And anytime he used his magic, he'd get weaker and weaker physically. And he'd just be like, <coughs> And that always adds tension, especially when you're trying to hide or escape from <laughs> Draconian 
minions or goblins and you're coughing and hacking and everyone's like, dude, shut up. You're like, I can't control it. But the fact that he was able to overcome and he had the willpower to be like, yo, I'm going to use my magic and I know how horrible and painful it's going to be. I know what it's going to cost. You know what I mean? And he was still willing to, to pay it. And I think that's incredible willpower. He was very intelligent, fast, quick-witted, or obviously the most intelligent of the entire companions. Now, his twin brother, Karaman, <laughs> was definitely not the most intelligent. So Karaman is Raceland's twin brother. He's a warrior, a genial giant of a man. Karaman is the exact opposite of his twin. Raceland is the one person he cares for and the one person he absolutely fears. So like it said, Karaman was the huge, huge giant warrior. Muscles on muscles, but he was always so boisterous and laughing and he was so kind and loving and caring. And it was just great. It was like a weird juxtaposition with him and Raceland because Raceland was on the other hand, very slender, very sickly, weak. He was very selfish and he was pretty rude to everyone, especially his brother. But it was because he was jealous of his brother, his brother's health, his brother's good looks, his strength. But Karaman was dope because he just had so much love that he didn't care about that. Maybe he did, but he didn't allow it to stop him from caring. And maybe it should have, but I think it speaks volumes for Karaman rather than Raceland that Karaman chose to ignore that and keep loving and trying to help his brother. I thought it was really awesome. So he was really cool. He started fighting with a short sword or a long sword can't remember and a shield but then if you guys haven't read go out and read it but the draconians at the beginning they were turned to stone statues after you killed them and that's like snag your weapons so eventually Karaman started just grabbing their necks and bashing their heads in because he was just massive and strong he was dope so i thought it was awesome he's always good happy for the most part that's the general rule and you know even when it's dark and dour he always had a laugh and so I think that's kind of something we should all be able to try to emulate. So next is Flint Fireforge. He's a dwarf and he's a fighter. He's Tannis's oldest friend. And the ancient dwarf regards these youngsters as his quote unquote children who he has to tend to, you know? So like I said, he was a dwarf. He was this old dwarf graybeard, seen a lot of years, you know, like dope, respect. And he was a metal worker and he had made fine crafts and he actually traveled Kryn and sold his wares before this book. But uh, he was really good. He was always like that sturdy rock character. He was just a sturdy, stable base. He was always, <laughs> he was always playing around with Tass and heckling all of them. And I don't know, I enjoyed him, like I said, but he was more of a middle character for me, not one of my favorites, but not one of my least favorites. He was always there and stable, something you guys could like rely upon. Even, even when he was like hurting from his old age, his bones are old and brittle, beating him up, his arthritis, he still always felt like he had to care for these guys. And the characters and he did you know and his his companions he really cared for them and that was really awesome so good on him i love him he's <laughs> he's got a little bit of fire in him he's a dwarf so it's good to see next is tasselov burfitt he's a kinder a handler kinder are the nuisance race of kren and they are immune to fear so because of that trouble just seems to follow them home wherever that may be also these guys tasselhoff the kinder they don't like to steal things but things seem to be acquired <laughs> and end up in their belt pouches on accident they would they would feel so offended if you said or suggested that they stole things they say oh hey i found this on the ground so it's very innocent and they don't like it's i guess it's just a weird mental state but they're they're definitely cut purses on accident and i thought that was so funny and tassoff has got so many great quips and returns and rebuttals like <laughs> one time 
he's emptying his pouches and Tannis is like, hey, Tasselhoff, that's my that's my ring. Tasselhoff was like, oh, hey, I found it on the ground. You must have dropped it at the end. I'm happy that I found it. What if you had left it there? That would have been the worst. So he's always just happy and jovial and accidentally stealing people's coin purses and boosting freaking boats and stuff and then Flint's, <laughs> Flint's dagger and stuff. It's great. It's pretty awesome. He's always happy. Like I said, he has no fear. Uh, they also, I imagine all Kinder are just straight up ADD hardcore like hardcore they get so distracted and forget they wander off and start picking things up on accident just because they're curious and it, trouble does follow them it's funny but they're very innocent and very likable and I think Tasselhoff is one of my favorites he's up there just because he's so kind-hearted and good and he just he does love and care for these companions and a lot of other people like he's just really caring he's really dope <laughs> he's definitely the uh, comical relief all right, well, those are the eight main characters of Dragonlance. They're the companions. They're the uh, the heroes of the story, and uh, I love them. Like I said, guys, you need to go pick up the book. I am not being sponsored by them. I just love it so much. So check it out. Blah, blah, blah. Shush. Let's get on to some character building. I get it. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Thanks. Welcome back nerds, this is Fantasy Rants, and we are gonna continue with some character creation. All right, like I said, my buddy is creating a campaign he wants to run us through. And like I said, we're gonna be using Fantasy Ground as the, the program. So Fantasy Ground, like I said, is a virtual campaign program that enables a bunch of people, a bunch of players to group together in a, a server. And the server's obviously controlled and maintained by the Dungeon Master. And it's really, really dope because I can do a virtual character creation sheet and all my other companions will have their own character sheet. We'll all have the player handbook at our beck and call. We'll have everything we need like the player's manual everything it's dope and we have the virtual chat we have a virtual dice roller the dm he actually will be able to send us pictures that we see so there's going to be pictures of like an inn or like what's going on or this monster that attacks us or whatever encounters we do and a really cool thing i like is the map feature he's going to pop up a, a, a map right and it's all going to be obscured by the fog of war as in if we haven't discovered it if we haven't kind of actually seen it it's not available in tabletop it's really difficult it's always difficult when we were younger we're trying to put like nine blank pieces of paper over a map and peel back just enough to reveal only what we're quote unquote seeing so this is really dope makes it a lot easier and plus it's really awesome because we still get to connect we still get to be nerds even though i live a hundred or uh 1100 miles away we live across the country from them so it's like it's pretty awesome i'm really excited can't wait Anyway, so diving in, we're going to do some character creation. I already created him, but I'm going to walk you through kind of what I was thinking, feeling, and what I originated him from, or like what's the concept I had from him, my character. And like I said, first of all, it's a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not sponsored by Dungeons and Dragons. I wish I was, but it's dope. I love it. So if you guys, you know, I mean, like if you guys want, go check it out. If you haven't, I hope you have, but it's dope. Anyway, so I called my guy Malfax Durinium, and he's a human fighter. And I love fifth edition D&D so much because they enhance so many cool traits and characteristics or aspects of the game to make it more realistic. Like our characters, instead of just saying, hey, try and come up with something, they give you some like 
some things that can really, really help, like suggestions, background stories, traits. So my thing was, so he was a fighter. Malthax was a fighter and I was like, you know what? I honestly wanted him as a character for one of the books I'm writing. And in the books, he and his people were enslaved, which was awesome because I not only made him a fighter, but in my background, he had the, the soldier uh, aspect and a folk hero, I think. So that means like his people revered him because, or respected him because he stepped up in their community and did something. I was like, man, that fits so perfectly with what I want in my books because he actually steps up and tries to throw off the yoke of enslavement for him and his people and he tries to escape so also the books and my games they're going to be completely separate but the character i like to pull them over so i can try and feel who they are more discover their ideals their traits their bonds like what is their what makes them tick what's their reasoning you know so i kind of want to read a little bit of this the ideals and stuff he does so in his aspect he's got this ideal of my people's safety and protection and their freedom is all that matters i will die for them i will be tortured for them as long as they are free protected and safe I don't care you know and I was like that really truly fits Malfax hardcore and I loved it and I can't wait to to play with it because I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> like it's gonna cause some trouble in our campaign I, I I imagine and I'm really excited because it really builds tension these things because if you play in stay true to your character I mean my companions they're not necessarily my people so if I got to choose over my pupil or my companions while I'm playing, it's like, it's going to be a hard choice, but I got to stay true to my ideals. So it's like it could cause problems and tensions. And I love that. It makes it very exciting. Next, my trait is Malthax is cold iron. He can sit there and stare down a daggum hellhound without flinching. This dude has ice running through his veins. Not to say that he's a cruel, cold, evil person. I would even say he's a good guy. I would say he's actually, I don't know, maybe lawful good or chaotic good. I'm not sure. He chooses his people over everyone else, right? But facing unbelievable odds, he's just calm, cool, collected. Like I said, he's got ice in his veins. He does not let his fear control him. He harnesses that. He uses that and fuels him. And it's really dope. And honestly, it's a trait that I would have, I would love to adopt and actually have myself, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be pretty cool to be able to rein in all your emotions and make sure that they're not out of control, but have them fuel you and energize you for uh, achieving what you want, your goals, your dreams, you know? It's like pretty awesome. So next is his bond and his bond is those who fight beside me are worth dying for. And I loved how this these things played in. Like I said, these traits, these ideals, these bonds, these flaws, they were actually, like I rolled for them. The, the player handbook had these characteristics already ginned up and used, they're like, hey, roll a D6, D4, or D8 and find out what which one you get. And it's just, it landed perfectly for him because this so fits Malfax in what I imagined and created him in my mind many, many months ago. So it was really awesome. But I really dig it and understand it because I don't know if I said before, but I, I, I served in the military, US military for six years. And I deployed uh, once as a Air Force JTAC and then once as a military contractor, both to Afghanistan. So it's like, I truly love and I understand this uh, ideal and bond of those who fight beside me are worth dying for. Like I would give my life to the man beside me. That's pretty amazing of him, but it's just, I don't know, like I said, it really totally fits his characteristic and I love it. It gets me really excited because I don't know, like I said, it could cause so much issues or uh, tension or trouble with my companions or it could 
strengthen it. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be dope. I'm I can't wait to play off of my companions and their characters. It's gonna be really fun. Now is my flaw, okay? My hatred of my enemies is blind and unreasoning. Now that one is gonna be excellent. And by excellent, I mean I'm intentionally gonna be giving myself and my companions true trials and tribulations with that one. In the Dungeons and Dragons campaign that we're gonna be playing, we're gonna be playing in Forgotten Realm, and I think we're actually gonna be in uh, Baldur's Gate or Waterdeep. No, it's gonna be Waterdeep. And so I don't know who I'm gonna choose as my sworn enemy, whether it's gonna be like orcs, goblins, ogres, trolls, I don't know, drow. Maybe drow, because those guys are douches. Anyways, or awesome, depending on if you like Dritt Stewart or whatever. I love Jarlaxle, uh, personally. Anyways, in my thoughts and my books and process, uh, Malthax's enemy is gonna be one very specific race, actually. They're creatures of evil, but they're not made up or real in Dungeons and Dragons. But I mean, Dungeons and Dragons also isn't real, so they're all made up. But what I mean is, <laughs> they're not in the, the monster manual of what am I saying? Dungeons and Dragons. They're not in the monster manual. So I'm going to have to decide in the campaign who's going to be my, my sworn enemy. But it's going to be really dope because it's like we could get in a very big dire situation. And then everyone's like, dude, we got to escape because, you know, there's daggum freaking dragons coming or something. And I'm like, no, bro, they're my sworn enemy. I'm going to kill them all. And you're like, you're an idiot. You're a level five freaking fighter. You're not going to kill a dragon, dude. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm a dragon hunter now. I've decided because F these guys. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be pretty dope. I love it. I can't wait it's gonna cause a lot of tension people are gonna be like yo stop being so silly but that's why i love fifth edition so much because it goes above and beyond just sword and sorcery role playing and oh hey just roll the dice oh you did it this is totally delving and creating and weaving a story together and it's very character heavy and centered and i love that because i absolutely love creating characters i love creating a background and knowing and stepping into their shoes because like i said reading Dragonlance when I was younger that was an escape this is sort of the same escape for me nowadays like I've I've got my own struggles with my PTSD and I got really hurt I'm still recovering from surgery right now but I can step into their skin step in their shoes and be something else and I get to delve into it really find what ticks what makes them smile what makes them relax what makes them <laughs> joyful but then what also pisses them off what makes them so angry that they could cut someone's throat you know it's like whoa wait I get to delve into this heck yeah I, I don't know where that came from or where it was going, but I guess it really plays a lot more into the character development 5th edition and you can really truly get in some tight hairy spots if you abide by their bonds, their ideals, their, their flaws. You know and i love that it's pretty dope so it's really i feel like it's grown into more of a story development like you guys create a story and you get to play and i'm like i love that i'm super nerdy and like i said earlier on like at least i think i said i really want like one of my biggest dreams is to write fantasy fiction books and live off my books i know it's gonna be a, a long while a long long haul but you know i'm i'm confident i'm growing as a writer and a storyteller but that's one of my big dreams and i would just love to do nothing but play dungeons and dragons and write my campaigns you know it's super dope i'm really excited but also that's kind of why i started this fantasy rants podcast as well because it's like i want to start delving into what makes good stories what makes good characters i want to hear from you guys as well because eventually it's like hopefully some of y'all will be my fans like i want to i want to know what makes other people tick i know exactly what i think it makes a great story and great characters but i want to know what everyone else thinks too you know so hit me up guys i'd love to hear it
Well, y'all, that's going to wrap up today's rant. I hope you had some fun. I know I did. It was a lot of rants and tangents. I hope you were able to follow along and appreciate it and love it. I appreciate you guys. If you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, or anything that you want to rant about or any topics that could be rantable or anything like that, pretty much if you got anything within the fantasy fiction realm, whether it be RPG movies, uh, books, characters, whatever, stories, dragons, whatever, hit me up at fantasyrants at email.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share Fantasy Rants with all your fellow nerds. We gotta spread the word. We gotta build our armies, guys. Once again, I am A.M. Dadabo of amdadabo.com. That's Alpha Mike Delta Alpha Delta Delta Alpha Bravo Bravo Oscar.com. So head on over there if you'd like to see what other projects I'm involved with. And once again, guys, thanks for rantings. I appreciate y'all. So until next time, beat it, nerds.